We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Sounds like you have hot brothers and they have hot friends. Yeah, that, that's kind of been my burden as a, as a person for my whole life. <laughs> Just dealing with that adversity. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. I'm Hannah Dickinson. I'm here with Skylar Corby. Yeah, my ex-boyfriend from college posted a pic with his girlfriend, his new girlfriend. Nice. Good. Which team are you on, Skylar? No, I'm asking the, like, roundabout bitchy question where it's like, oh, what's she look like? Yeah, I honestly, it, like, uh, it didn't bother me because I am dating someone who I really like. But it was a thing I was like, oh, this is why people don't follow their exes. I mean, I liked it, you know, because I'm fucking petty. I, it wasn't even petty. It was just kind of like, you know. <laughs> yeah. You got to throw it a like. Nice to see. No, I I love a good stock every now and then just to check in on things. It do, I mean, it doesn't change anything on either end, obviously. But sometimes it's just a good like, oh, okay. Yep. He captioned it best weekend. I was like, best? Mm. You mean like your whole life? Like the best weekend of your whole life? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Like, like, what did they do? Did they just like go to Palm Springs or some shit like that? Look, I, I they were wearing outfits of different weather, so I don't know what was happening. Uh, neither of them looked prepared for the event they were at, but it was the best weekend. It's so weird. Do you follow any of your exes on Instagram? Yeah, uh, one of them. I don't know if he has an Instagram. He definitely does not follow me, but his sister does, which I just think like is actually more important to me. I'm like, I made such an impact in the family's life that she still watches every single one of my Instagram stories, which is fantastic. Um, and like at this point, so many of my exes, like I've been dating my boyfriend two or three times as long as I knew half of them that like it would it would just be weird for me to care. And they all have, I think all of them are in relationships now. So it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, meh, well, everyone went on to live their life. So I guess that's a bonus. I just, I don't like having, yeah, I don't like having bad feelings and I'm a really big fan of the high road. If someone makes one of us, (laughs) I like constantly being better. (laughs) So you are a sneaky, petty, competitive bitch. You just do it with a smile on your face. Yes. I think that's one of the benefits of going to school in the Suedo South. Like you pick up some things. Well, the problem is the person I'm dating won't let me post his ass. Maybe he's embarrassed by me. <laughs> he says it's too much exposure. I'm like, that's such a joke because I like don't have that many followers. But uh, I mean, but that's also a compliment because he's like, wow. I think he might be making fun have. of me. Yeah. I, I think he might be yeah, being sarcastic. So now I'm like, eh. when the, when is the big reveal going to be like, it's got to come out soon. Well, I'm honestly worried that if I post that I have a boyfriend, I'll lose followers. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> Because people will be like, well, what's the point if I can't fuck her? Yeah. Okay, here's a serious question. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I'm going to LA in a month. Matt and I are renting a house for our birthdays. Mm-hmm. I'm getting wigs. I want to. I want to have like a lot of food, and I want to get a pinata. It's just always fun to have a pinata at a party. Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, is this cultural appropriation? Can white people use a pinata? Yes. Well, in Los Angeles, in downtown Los Angeles, they sell really cool pinatas. It's one thing to order a pinata off Amazon because you know the money's going to white people. But if I'm literally paying people from Mexico for a pinata they already made, is that offensive? Because I think it's fun to have at a party. That's where I'm like, this cultural. Well, I mean, you're using it the way it's supposed to be used. But same with girls who get their hair braided, and that's not okay. No, but that's like, I don't know, that's a different thing because there is like, there's a whole cultural thing embedded in that. The thing with pinatas is they are meant to be used in celebration. And that's what you would be, it's literally what you would be doing. Google yeah. it, but I feel like I'm right. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine the people on Reddit, the conversations going back and forth? I think people get so confused themselves and they're like, is this bad? But uh, at least you're thinking of it that way. I feel like you at least have a step up if you're like, okay, am I about to offend someone rather than just fucking doing it? Like, because I'm like, I want to be, yeah, because there's a pool. So I, there's, you can play in the pool, but I'm like, what else is fun to have at a party? What, you know, like besides drugs, I was trying to think of other stuff that people do at adult parties. And then a pinata came to my head and I was like, oh, fuck, can I even do that? Is it, is someone going to get offended? Uh, no, I think (laughs) it's confusing because, you know, I think pinatas are really fun, but I also don't want to offend. And it's, it's not so fun that I, you know, get canceled or I offend a, a group of people. So you know, getting canceled is obviously worse than offending everyone. Um, that's what we're all trying to do. Just, just keep it like to the pinata. I feel like if you part, start putting up like Party City Fiesta. I'm getting sushi and a pinata. That way we just. No one can get mad. Everyone's just fucking confused. Even is this conversation offensive? Ugh, I'm so yeah, afraid of it. We've done worse. Clearly, this podcast <laughs> is not getting enough listens because we have not been canceled yet. Yeah. So my crazy bitch. Okay. Actually, I have two crazy bitches of the week. Oh, yes. First, I reposted this, but did you see Emily Rajakowski? She posted a photo of herself breastfeeding, her breastfeeding her son. Yeah. And her top is pulled up so that her cleavage is out. Like her tits look huge. Yeah. And here's the thing. You can be a mom and be hot, but I just find it so odd that she sexualized herself breastfeeding her son. And maybe I sound like an old woman who's just like, doesn't believe women can be hot and be a mother but it was just so sexual in that moment where I'm like what are you gonna do with this photo is your son gonna grow up and then frame this and then put it in his college dorm for his roommates to masturbate to like it is so sexual I'm confused by it because her son by Emily Ratajkowski so it doesn't really surprise me I follow her and she pisses me off every time she posts I think I just gotta unfollow her I think it's just that I feel like you wouldn't actually care if this was anyone else I feel like it was just the fact that it was Emily Ratajkowski like if Gigi Hadid did it you'd be like good for you and but I feel like it's Emily Ratajkowski she just like okay number one she bothers me because she doesn't pay rent and I I just I I read that article too a long time ago her husband's also a weirdo I'm sure the baby's very nice I don't know just, I, I don't know. She's not talented. Like, she's not a good actress. I think she models, which is fine. Like, congrats on being tall. Her acting is so bad. Horrible. Because she never really had, the only time she really had lines was in I Feel Pretty, and it was really bad. Yeah. She did it, in a Gone Girl, but that, I mean, she got that part because Ben Affleck was like, I mean, I get to pick. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, how he cast Gone Girl was like how police officers, they'll line five girls up and they're like, can you turn around, please? Yes. And there were like four Emily's there. <laughs> yeah, I just found it so odd. Like, I just feel like Emily Rajakowski is like that mom who lets their kids drink in the basement and then she makes out with the quarterback. Yeah. I don't understand her swimwear line. It's like dental floss at $75. And I'm like, who is buying this? Yeah. And she's also like, her body is just a feat of nature. Like, she, it's people like her that should be buying it. Just nobody else looks like that because her, like, Her body is completely natural, allegedly, but like she's in the 1% of bodies that just happen to turn out that way. Yeah, it's crazy. The only reason why I believe in God is because that girl has an Audi belly button. He was like, we got to fuck her up somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Give her a little tail in the front. (laughs) (laughs) My other fucking crazy bitch of the week is New York Post Hmm. posts the most insane articles. Yes. I don't know if they're real, but did you, I tweeted this, but did you see that there's 
advocates who want incest to be legal. Ew, why? So I read the article because I was like, is it cousins? Because cousins date each other? No. This person in New York who wants to remain anonymous, obviously, is trying to marry their daughter. And she's an adult. So they're like, we should be able to marry. I should be able to marry my daughter. And it's like, that is so fucked up. Ew. You know, of all the things we could be fighting for right now, you're fighting for this to marry your daughter? Like, this is mental illness. Yeah. Because I also think there's a line of, like, how you raise your child. And, like, even if my dad right now were to be like, I can't even say that because it's so disgusting. But if my dad were, I would be like, you have lost your mind. Like, the way we're raised is, like, there never should be anything sexual about that. No. No. And so, uh, did they mention the age difference between? I mean, not that it matters, obviously, but like they didn't say. I mean, this article probably could be like twenty-five to thirty years older. I imagine, yeah. but it's like that's so sick. Yeah, you, sick. it's also disgusting because it's like <laughs> you like see yourself in your kid. Is yeah. that just? I I don't know. I'm yeah, and then is like, it like, oh, is it narcissism too? Because it's like, oh, they have my eyes. Yeah, exactly. It's like looking that's in a cool. mirror with a vagina. I want to marry her and she wants to marry me. They were like, it just shouldn't be illegal. And I'm like, yes, it should. The same reason why I think heroin should be illegal. So you can't do it. Is heroin not illegal? Heroin is illegal, but in Oregon, it's not. But I'm saying my friend who's from Russia was arguing that all drugs should be legal. And I'm like, I don't think so, because I think more people would likely try heroin if it was legal. Yeah. Like if more people would push the boundaries with their family members, which is not okay, because a lot of people you... Because then it's like, at what age do you like? It's what just age like, are they your child? And then what age are, because yeah, would it be, would we have, would you have to wait until you're 18? Or could it be like, okay, I'm going to groom this 10 year old to fall in love with me so that by the time it's okay, or it's looks more normal for us to be standing next to each other as a couple, then they're fully in love. Like that, there's so many levels to how gross that is. Exactly. And also I'm so against it too, because my my friend is a social worker. She works with inner city kids. Mm-hmm. And one girl came in really upset because her dad broke up with her. So she was 12 and she thought she was dating her dad. And the mom would beat the shit out of her because she was he, the dad was cheating on her with her. Then he broke up with her to get back together with her mom. And the girl was upset because her dad had just broken up with her. It was the saddest story I've ever heard. I don't know why this is on the pod. This is a comedy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Um, But how crazy is that? That's like a very dark turn. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, that's now you know how my weekend was. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, so when I read this article, I was like thinking about that story my friend told me. And I'm like, this is so fucked up. So gross. So I'm just like, that's my crazy bitch. These advocates for incest. And it's like, well, if you can't show your face and say, I want this change, then obviously you're not 100% behind it. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not totally for it because you know that the reaction would be bad and you're afraid of it. Like if you really believe in your cause, then you're just like, I don't even care what the repercussions are. Like this is that big to me. Also, like how prevalent is incest that like he thinks this many people would be like for the cause? Like, he's like, I'm doing this for the public. Yeah, this is this is bigger than me and my daughter. It is one of those things that's like, I can't even give an example of myself because if my dad even were to joke about that, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. I can't even like say, oh, if my dad, because I'm like, I don't even want to bring my mind to that thing. No. Because no. everyone's, it's always, you know, everyone's, nah, we're not getting into that. Nope. <laughs> <sighs> oh, so I dog sat this weekend. Oh. My friend and her dad's dog, the two golden retrievers, because they were at a wedding. So I watched both their dogs. And the dad wrote me three, he typed out three pages of how to how to take care of the dogs, which I think is just such a funny adult thing to do. It was like, hi, Hannah, thanks so much for walking the dogs this weekend. Like it was three pages typed out of like instructions with bullets and like numbers and like, and then of course, when I get there, he explains everything. Yeah. At what age do you sit down to a computer and act like you're Carrie Bradshaw, but you're writing out directions? <laughs> just like, you know, don't be afraid to help yourself to snacks. Trust just, me. Exactly. I was like, you don't need to write that down. I'm yeah. eating your snacks as I read this. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, speaking of daddy daughter like relations, he lives in a townhouse. Like he, you know, he's a single guy. 
and uh he was like oh you can sleep in my bed I like told my friend I was like isn't it kind of weird for me to like sleep in your dad's bed and she was like well he's not here and I was like yeah but there's just this weird I feel weird like I'm sleeping in your dad's bed <laughs> did you ask her afterwards it's like so would you like to call me mom or Hannah prefer? that's what I should have fucking said so I guess it's all in my head but there is this element of like oh I'm sleeping in my you know it's yeah like, I would think that yell too. at me for being too loud and now I'm just like casually in his bed full circle baby (laughs) no I would feel the same way I would feel weirded out by it for a little bit but yeah when your alternative it's like well I don't want to sleep on the couch I'm not going to go sleep with the dog like I want to sleep in a bed and be comfortable and this is a great one so I guess I can suck it up I've never been in the situation but I can keep you posted for sure. I mean, I imagine most people have it. Yeah, I would. I feel like you are unique in this situation. I remember one time I hooked up with a guy in his dad's like apartment, and like I felt weird about it the whole time. He was like, "My dad's out of town. Like, I'm gonna change his sheets. Like, blah blah blah." And I was like, "All right, you know, because um, I think I paid for our Uber there. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like I was about to draw hard lines at his parents' bed. You know, that's where I was gonna find my pride and um." we hooked up and then we were leaving and I was like aren't you gonna like strip the bed and like he's like nah actually I was like you're not gonna clean the sheets and he was like no he's like let's just go my dad will figure it out and to this day I have this guilt but I you know it's not like I could stay back yeah what were you like it would have been actually really funny if you were like no (laughs) change the sheets throw everything in the washer like I don't even know his dad's last name to be honest I was like I don't even know this guy's last name we owe your dad that much (laughs) he's done so much for us both but yeah I mean have you ever seen that person again or his dad actually I have seen that person again because now we're just friends and uh he's still disrespecting his father in different ways weird Oh, you know what we should also talk about? We should also talk about how you guys need to fucking leave a review because we stopped talking about it. And guess what? No one fucking leaves reviews. I mean, what do we need to do? In my head, I'm like, get funnier. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, that's impossible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fucking bringing it every week. Yeah, some weeks I'm a little, there's wine on my teeth. All right. I'm a little sloppy, but we're not getting paid to be here. I'm just saying, maybe we need to provide some incentive that's like, street legal uh i can't give any more blowjobs yeah is that legal yeah if it's consensual okay our guest today is very funny we're very lucky that she came on Uh, she has a new podcast called obsessed that's on spotify she was just on the tonight show with jimmy fallon mary beth barone where are you living right now mary beth i'm at my parents house actually Oh, word. Um, and loving every minute of it. And I'm, I'm not even being sarcastic. I really am. When are you moving back to the city? You know, my plan was summer, but then I said, what the hell am I thinking? My parents have a pool. There's no way I want to be in New York. Um, yeah. So I'm going to probably do the fall. It's so funny. I hooked up with this guy like probably three months ago and he said, you're his favorite comedian. And I was like, cool. He didn't know I did comedy, but you are his favorite comedian. Oh. <laughs> uh, I wonder if I've also slept with him. Maybe that's why. I don't think you would have done that. (laughs) Okay. Well, don't overestimate me, but um, that's so nice. Well, I hope he's well wherever he is. How did things go with him? Uh, I I actually ended up ghosting him because he uh, made me- Because I'm his favorite comedian? That's exactly why. I was like, get out of my apartment. (laughs) Uh, No, he made me rent a Star is Born and then complained the whole time. And I was like, I've had enough. Oh my God. One time this guy came over, this was a second date and he was like kind of drunk and he had already begun the day nagging me, like the date nagging me. And then we put on Batman and he would not stop asking questions. Like as if I know what was going through the filmmakers' minds, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. can you shut up? This is like objectively a good movie. Which like, Batman? Like the dark Knight. Yeah. What the fuck? Or maybe it was Batman Begins, but either way it was Nolan Batman. And it's like, just shut up. I'm trying to watch the movie. I literally put a movie on so he would stop talking because every word he said, I was becoming less and less attracted to him. And mm-hmm. then unfortunately, the movie was the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like if you can't cooperate during a movie, this is never going to work. It's the, that I am asking the bare minimum, which is just for you to simply be quiet. <laughs> 
So yeah, that's a deal breaker. I'm so sorry he ruined a star is born for you. I mean, yeah. it was just that it was four ninety nine or whatever the fuck it was, and he needed to see it. He also came this is our second date. He came over the first the he just was coming over. They weren't dates. But he came over empty handed both times and I was like, That's it. And was like helping himself to my stuff. Okay. That's, like, That's rude. How old was he? Thirty one. Oh my god. That is so upsetting to hear. Mm-hmm. oh god but I feel like that's New York are you dating yep. anyone I am I have a boyfriend but I, I don't really talk about it yet um it's just like so weird to have a boyfriend after being single for so long yeah. so I am still like getting used to like how to talk about it because obviously I talk about it in my stand-up but just um conversationally it's just it's so weird like I haven't had a boyfriend while I've been doing comedy really because comedy ruined my last relationship and it was all for the best. But so now I'm like, I'm still just like getting used to saying I have a boyfriend. Yeah. I'm the same way. I keep whispering it. Like I'll be be like, Oh yeah. Like my boyfriend. I'm like boyfriend. Yeah. And the guy will be like, this is Bloomingdale's. I don't give a shit. Right. He's like, (laughs) um, (laughs) that's fucking funny. Um, but do you read all your DMS that you get? Cause I imagine you get weird ones. Sometimes they're really nice. Sometimes they're really upsetting. What's the worst DM you've ever gotten? Um, when I tweeted something about cops, I got a few people that were like saying I was like a cunt and like a die or whatever. You're like a nasty bitch type thing. But I got a video of someone masturbating like a couple weeks ago and blocked them. Ew, that's aggressive. I know I get random like dick pics on Twitter, but I realized that there were a bunch of guys sending the same dick and I just Googled penis and it was the first image that I <laughs> So guys weren't even sending their own dick. They were just sending, sending a dick. Mm-hmm. Why do you have your DMs open on Twitter? That's something I always wonder. Uh, because I actually, my friend Ginny Hogan, she told me that she's gotten a lot of job opportunities from there. Oh. So I opened them and I actually did a producer reached out and um, I got random this like sunglass company. So like random companies like message me. So it is helpful in that sense. But otherwise, it's dangerous. That right. makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, it just feels like I feel like people on Twitter are worse, like Honestly. trolls. Yeah, I, I guess I also just I have more followers on Twitter. So I feel like I, I don't have that many followers on Instagram. So it's like less of a danger zone there. I hear that. But Definitely. is it weird to be because I'm living with my parents, too. I've only been here like a couple of weeks and I'm like, shit. But you're so close to New York. You can go in whenever you want. Do you feel? Weird? Yeah, honestly, I've been enjoying it so much. It's like I have access to my parents car when I need it so I can drive in anytime. And then it's like I don't have to go to the grocery store. Like I have a nice, comfortable size room where like I can fit podcast equipment and a desk and like I can do so many things just in this room that my apartment in New York, I could like, I can do yoga in here and not hit the walls and stuff. So it's just like having space is something I just kind of gave up on living in New York. Cause you just get used to living in a shoebox. And then I don't know, now that I've had a taste of like what this feels like again, I just, that's why I'm not in a rush to get back. I don't think. Yeah. Do you hang out with your friends from high school? Most of my friends from high school are kind of scattered at this point, but the ones that are on the East Coast are in New York. So once we're all vaccinated, I think we'll hang out again. I have to ask, like, because you are probably one of the most intimidating people I've ever met. And I don't mean that offensively. I just like, I think you're really funny. I think you're great. But I was once sitting behind you in a soul cycle class. I was literally like, you were. And then I was like, you know what, Hannah, the lights are about to go down. Just accept that i don't know why and so i was i was thinking i was like what kind of person were you in high school that is so funny to Um, do comedy you gotta be a little off a little kooky i'm definitely a little off maybe even a lot off i'm a gemini so it's just like there's a lot going on here um are you as well when's your birthday june 11th okay june gem love that just like mary kate and ashley june gemini I am a May Gemini, May 28th. So I think like in high school, my school was so big. It was like, I definitely identified a lot with Blair Waldorf, but more like because of her fashion and like overall, like don't fuck with me attitude. But we were like a nice group of friends. We weren't like bullies or anything, like nothing like that. We were just kind of like the nerd. We were like in the good classes, but we were like the cool kids in the good classes, if that makes sense. The cool, smart kids. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think so. But I, maybe other cool, smart kids would disagree with that. That's how we identified though. I don't know. People say I'm like, I think people think I'm a bitch without knowing me, but I am, I only am sometimes. <laughs> like, I mean, what does that sense. mean? You can identify when <laughs> like, you're becoming a bitch. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Usually when I'm hungry or if someone has wronged a friend of mine, I'm very loyal in that sense. But I think just like, I, I am like, I, th- I think I'm a, I don't know. I guess hearing that's just funny because I'm like, maybe I'm not approachable. In groups, I get very nervous. And, and so- I think people take like not speaking as like I'm sitting there judging or something, which is only true if I'm in the green room at a comedy show. <laughs> uh, but generally speaking, I just like if I don't have anything to say, I will, I will just be quiet. And that I think throws people off sometimes. If you yeah. are like, intending to be bitchy, how does it come out? If it's somebody that's like, that was rude to a friend, you're like, all right, this person's going to know. Yeah. Mary Beth, I just fucked your friend's boyfriend. What would you say to me? I would probably just not speak to you. And in, yeah. and in saying nothing, is it's speaking volumes. Yeah, that would really hurt my feelings. Like, I would just be like, I don't, I don't fuck with you. Mm. Your parents are like that too? I don't know. I guess my dad's on the quieter side, generally speaking. So I think people probably take that as him being like, I think when guys are quiet, they're just considered very serious. Yeah. Like, I think my dad gives off serious vibes. My mom is kind of like a pisser. Like she grew up in New York. So she's like, I would say she has a don't fuck with me attitude, but she's also like the warmest, nicest, most generous person. So I think it's just like, once you get to know us and like, generally speaking, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt when meeting them. There's people I get bad vibes from, but even still, I'll like make an effort to like be nice and <laughs> welcoming, I guess. <laughs> I try. I guess I can be that way too. But Skylar, I feel like you're like super nice when you- to everyone. Like you have a warm energy. I have a warm energy and I'm very welcoming, but the second I don't like somebody, like that's the difficult part. Like, whereas Mary Beth will just be quiet and you won't really know what's going on you think that I like you until we leave. And then I will, t- I talk shit like nobody's this. I'm like, fuck that girl. I didn't like her at all. But I can see her again the next day. I'm like, how are you? Like any bachelorette party I've ever been to. Oh God. Cause there's going to be someone. There's always someone. That's like a skill. I Well, also it's just like, I feel like people can read my face a lot of the time. So I have a lot of trouble like <laughs> being fake. So not, not to say that you're being fake when no, you're being nice to that person, but I'm just like, I just can't be fake. I just can't. It's, it's kind of a, a curse, but I guess I've just leaned into it. Cause like, I just can't, I just, I don't have the energy to be fake to people yeah. if I don't like them. Yeah. I can't hide my face at all. If I'm talking, we're fine. If I'm just like sitting back in the crowd and a if girl, you're listening, I'm just listening, it. watch my face and we're, it's no secrets at all. Yeah. I have a pretty hard time being fake too. But do you think that's your problem with dating then before you, before now? For me? Yeah. Cause you do talk and stand about how dates and how guys are assholes, but mm-hmm. do you mostly break up with guys or how do you, how does that usually end? In my relationships, I've had, in the three boyfriends that I've had, like I had a high school boyfriend, like a college boyfriend-ish, and then one as like an adult. And I did the breaking up with in all those situations. Nice. But as far as like dating casually, it was truly like spectrum of why things ended like people definitely ended things with me or there was ghosting which I don't think I ever ghosted anyone but I definitely got ghosted and then there were a few situations where I was just like no and those I yeah I don't miss those days I'll I'll say that much I wasn't like on dating apps or anything the last time I was on a dating app was July 2019 and it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. So I just said, I'm done with that. What happened? I went on two dates with this guy and he appeared to be like a normal functioning person. And then when we slept together, I was like, Hey, just, you know, like, I don't, I'm not interested in a one night stand or anything. So like, if we're, if we're sleeping together, this was on the second date. Like I'm expecting that we're going to continue to like, see where this goes. And he was like, totally. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then after that, he was just like, really hard to like make plans with. So then I said, I like, I usually wouldn't be so like proactive in ending something. If I was interested, I'll like keep giving people a chance to like show up. But I was like, Hey, I just feel like you're really busy and you don't really seem like you have time for dating right now. So like, I would just, I think we should just be friends. Like it was great meeting you. And he was like, no, no, no. Like I I really want to still hang out, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm super busy with work, but like, let's, 
you know, I, I'm bummed by this, whatever. So then we went on another date and at the end of the date, he was like, so I realized like, I'm just really apathetic about dating right now. And I just don't really have time. So it's been great meeting you. I was like, hmm, sounds a lot like the text I sent you literally last week. Yeah. And it just was like people, I just feel like people on apps like really bring nothing to the table, unfortunately. Well, yeah, because they're looking for whatever they can find. It's just about, yeah, having options, I guess. Which is fine. But like if I make my intentions clear and then you say yes, then I'm going to be like, okay, now I have expectations. So you put yourself in that situation. And then for me to be like, okay, I think we should stop. But you say, no, I don't want to. And then you tell me the same shit I told you. I was just like, I don't, never again. Yeah. Yeah. Which app was that? That was on Hinge. And I should, I should say, actually, I was on Raya for a little bit. Have you gone out with anyone cool from that? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I only get some people be like, oh, do you see celebrities? I'm like, I see bouncers. That's my demo. And I think it's maybe because of like who's swiping on me or whatever it is. But I mean, I went out with a guy who created escape rooms, but he ghosted me as well. Wow. Okay. But he didn't even make it. He told me he created it. And then my friend was like, Google that shit. It was a guy in India who made it. And this guy copied his model. I was like, he's just a fucking thief. And you can get on Raya for that. That's insane. Some people would, I guess, consider that. I mean, whatever. No shade to people that like escape rooms. Find joy wherever you can. I did see celebrities on there. I don't, I don't know. Cause I know people that have had success on dating apps. So I don't, I just know that most of the experiences I've had have been overwhelmingly not good or fun. Like what's the worst date you've been on? Like, have you ever left a date mid date? I haven't, but I wish I did. Like there's been dates like that where I was just thinking like, what am I doing here? When I was doing a lot of shows and I was on Hinge, I really wanted to like try dating the old fashioned way and just stop hooking up with like random people. And so I would, I would schedule dates after shows sometimes. So one time on like a Friday, I went out with someone, I think we met at 11 and we went to a bar and I decided I wasn't drinking. And then my eyelids were just closing, you know, and then he was lovely, but just like, there was nothing there. So then afterwards it was that type of thing where like neither of us texted again. I, I love that. That's best case scenario. I mean, a part of my ego is hurt, but it's like, oh, okay. At least I'm aware of the situation. Yeah. Like we're both on the same vibe. Yeah. Which yeah. is ideal. Cause I feel like half of dating my problem with it. I mean, I've only been seeing my boyfriend for like two months, but like, it was kind of like the guy who you said you got off the apps for. It was like, gaslighting to the point where I'm like am I an insane person like I'm fully competent I have a job like (laughs) whatever I talk to my parents my brother and I have a good relationship right you're not crazy yeah Yeah. like I'm like I think I have friends I'm like texting my friends like am I normal and then because these guys make you feel so insane yeah and then but then you'll get a text like six months later after a guy goes to you and he's like, hey, sorry, just, you know, I was going through a lot. My second aunt died. And it's like, shut the, what are you trying to do? It's right like, now? yeah, right. Cause like, I'm, I'm not going through anything. So welcome back. Hey. It's like, what do you think yeah. is going to happen? Usually I am like, well, welcome back. I uh, know. I definitely gave people some, um, I was definitely very forgiving in, in a certain time period, but also the things I've been hearing just from friends who are on the apps, like it just seems like horrible, like a horrible waste of time. And I'm talking guys and girls both being completely insane, just acting crazy. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, when I decided I was moving home and I was like, I'm going to do a road trip to Midwest this summer. My boyfriend now we met at 11. Cause I was like, I don't care. Like I'm not trying right. to this person. Right. And we just happened to like hit it off before that. I was like trying to do the old fashioned thing where I was like, no, I'll go out on dates you know, try to be like an adult and get dinner and have conversation, find out about their siblings. And I was like, this sucks. Well, so many times I would find that like, obviously they didn't even look different in person, but I could just tell immediately if I would actually ever sleep with them. It would take 10 seconds to know that. Whereas then you would have to sit through an entire dinner, even if you knew there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. because you just can't, you, you just can only gather so much from a picture, but I just, then I don't know. Cause I know I just don't know what the other, what the alternative is really for people. Yeah. Well, Skylar works for a matchmaking company. So. <gasps> oh my God. What's the like thesis? 
I am one of, I think, I don't even know, 40 matchmakers all across the country. And each of us have like 15 to 20 clients that we work with, men and women. You get to know them really, really well, get to know what they're looking for, and then pretty much go out and find it. So we have a huge database of people that I can look through, but I like I find people on LinkedIn, I'm on Clubhouse, mm-hmm. and it's me vetting them before they would even meet some like a client of mine. Okay. So, like, it's seeing somebody's photos and then seeing that I used to do meetings in person, but because of COVID, I do everything via Zoom. But even via Zoom, you can tell. There's the difference between quarantine hair or quarantine beard and just being like, all right, your photos from 2011. I can right, tell. Right, right. This is from college and you're you're 31. So <laughs> yeah. let's cut yeah. the shit. So it's like shit like that. And then just like personality things. Like I think sometimes, especially when you can write your little blurbs and your quippy little whatevers, People can pull it together to write those, but in order to do that in a conversation and just be normal, if they can't do that, I'm like, you probably Googled that. Like, I'm assuming none of you- Or you had friends help, which is also fine. It's fine if you are bad at the digital side and you need help. And then in person, you can really like, your personality will show, but I find that that's like often the opposite. Totally the opposite. It's just making sure that people are as great as they say they are and then matching people that- make a little bit more sense together where they're just not wasting their time on apps or anywhere else because they're kind of going into the first date where someone else has essentially gone on it for them. Right. But do you, do you recommend like when someone should sleep with someone? Are you like, don't sleep with someone on the first date? No, I mean, I don't, I'm not like a Patty Stanger. I don't have rules like that just because it's different for everyone. I think most people know, like a lot of people, if you're working with them and they're like, oh, well, I tend to get attached really easily. And like, I always seem to pick the wrong people and things just go too quickly. Those are the ones you don't say, like, it's not like a rule, but it is kind of like, hey, tone it down, like give it three or four dates. And then if you're really pumped that you just want to bang the person that badly, then it's fine because then, you know, but I mean, inevitably emotion gets involved in all this different stuff. So like, I don't really tell people what to do, but it's more of a psychological thing. It's like, well, how are you going to feel if these things happen? Like if this person doesn't text you after a second date and you're really, really bummed about that, maybe we need to explore why. And then obviously I can be there because I hate ghosting. So I like, mm, me too. Or I force adult men. I'm like, hey, no, you are going to text her back. Like, well, that's good you- that someone's there to do that, even on a very granular level. I think that's yeah. important. Yeah. I feel like that's my, uh, that's what I had to realize is like, what did I want from the response? Or like, would I actually be upset if I slept with them and never spoke to them? That's how I had to think of things. Not like, what do I want right now? It's like, how am I going to feel in like a week? It's like picking dessert. You're like, do I need this? Am I going to feel guilty about this for the rest of the week? And sometimes it's no, I'll just fucking eat it. But other times it's like, yeah, yeah. other times it's definitely not, not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I really hope that like after COVID people can just act normal, but then I'm hearing all these stories where people are just aren't, you know, it's just like, then that people will be more like, people will be more likely to then pass that on. I think we just got into such a habit of like, Oh, I don't, I don't care about this person. I don't respect them. So like, I'll give them the absolute bare minimum. And then you feel like, okay, well, if someone's doing that to me, then I'll do it to someone else too. So it's just this like vicious cycle that makes me sad. I know I try to actually the guy your number one fan is the last guy that I ghosted but I I did make a rule for myself like if a guy texts me like hey I had a good time I'd be like sorry just not feeling it because the feeling of getting ghosted is so you go through your brain like what did I do wrong what happened and that's such a waste of time and I'd hate for someone to like waste their time thinking that you'll just never know so it, it really is haunting I mean ghosting has so many like little nuances to it especially in New York ghosting someone because it is small and you will run into them mm-hmm. yeah but you identify as bi yes it's so funny um I, I saw you on hinge and I was like again I'm just <laughs> too nervous I can't okay, you know? well you know you should have just taken a chance you never know <laughs> who's not bi curious exactly do you mm-hmm. identify as bisexual Yes, I do. And I dated a woman like two summers ago. So, and that was the first time I had ever even like, well, you know, of course you make out with girls here and there, but throughout, throughout the years, of course, Um, but this was, you go, we've, we've all been to college. Uh, But this one was like more of a, okay, like 
I am romantically interested in women. And it was like pretty eye-opening because I, I guess when you do realize that you're bi, you kind of, a lot of things in the past are like reframed a little bit, like growing up and being so obsessed with like, (laughs) I guess just like sexual things from when you're like a kid and a teenager just make a lot more sense. Like, why would I want to go see the movie Transformers for Megan Fox and not Shia LaBeouf? Do you know what I mean? I mean, that's a little clear, but (laughs) but like, it's just like, oh, that's why I was like so obsessed with that one GQ shoot that she did. I was just I would just stare and stare at the pictures and it was like oh because yeah of course like she has an amazing body and it was like okay maybe I do want to look like that but I think it was more like oh this is like a like I'm sexually attracted to women Mm -hmm. so sometimes it takes a while to understand that so then when the girl you met who you dated did you meet her on an app or did you meet her in person I met her in person oh wow and that helped because I think it was like it was just this instant attraction. And then I thought, oh my God, I just want to like be, I just want to be out on a date with that person. Mm -hmm. And then it was a friend of a friend. So we did go on several, many dates. And then um, we saw each other for a couple months and it was, it was really fun. It was really different. And I found that there were like benefits to it. And then some things that were just like really not difficult to navigate, but it was just like so different from dating a guy. Yeah. My friend who was, we had her on this podcast. She called me jail gay, which is like, <laughs> I just take whatever's closer to me. Um, <laughs> but I, but hey, I, what's nothing wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. It's just, um, I don't know. The first time I ever like really hooked up with a woman, had sex with a woman, I was like into it. But I was like, I don't, you know, it's a tough. You it's like totally it. new territory. But yeah. I think like, I don't know. I, I saw this thing. I think it might've been around pride last year. And it was just like these different pie charts of like 20% straight, 80% gay, bisexual, 50, 50s, bisexual, 20% gay, whatever, like no matter how you break it down, like percentage wise, if that's how you want to think about it, like you're still bi. So if you don't identify as that, then I think that's like, like, you know, you experiment and you see like what you, what you are interested in. But I think it's like, it doesn't have to, be like an even split. And obviously as someone who's also, I've been with way more guys than I've been with girls. So it's easy to be like, well, am I actually just straight? And I'm just like, you know, I'm just open to things, but I do genuinely feel like attraction to women. So that's kind of where I think it comes down to. And I also think like the need to like define it so rigorously is like, just comes from, I don't know, just I struggle with it because I never struggled as like a bi person or a gay Mm -hmm. person. So like, I don't feel like I can like claim that struggle. It's great to have people in that community that have not struggled. Like, I think that's like a testament to how far we've come. So I go back and forth on it. I'm like, I don't talk about being bi that much just because I'm like, I don't want people to like get mad at me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, that's how I feel too. I also don't think it's um, for me personally, because I wasn't dating anyone, you know, when you date someone and are in a relationship with someone, it is good to say like, I'm bi and stuff just so that someone's, you know, just so that your partner feels more open. I don't know. I imagine if you're like, I identify as straight, but I'm dating this girl, it'd feel like, you know, less yeah. than that. Whereas I've never really been in a relationship with a girl. So I feel like by me being like, Hey guys, I'm bi. It's like just drawing attention to myself or it doesn't, for me, it doesn't need to be because it's, like- I feel the same way. But then I feel like I'm even, then I feel less bi because I'm not talking about it. And it's like, well, but I am, I just don't want, like, I just see people behind their computers, like rolling their eyes. If I'm like, I'm, you know, and then I think there's some people who talk about it like so much. And it's like, obviously people should be talking about it at whatever their comfort level is. Like, I'm not here to judge, but I definitely know that the instinct is to judge people for that, for whatever reason. It was a very, you know, important experience for me. Just like, I don't know, I guess when you grow up a certain way, you just think that like, that you can't really like color outside the lines. And I'm not saying that's what being bisexual is, but like, even to seriously consider, I knew I was attracted to girls before that, but like, to even be like, oh no, this is like, this is my identity is actually being bisexual. It just didn't even seem like a possibility until I was like 20, 27, 28 years old, which is just crazy to think. Cause like, I obviously had those feelings before that, but I just never really like I never like gave myself the space to explore it and figure out what, what that meant. If that makes sense. Yeah. You think that's a product of Greenwich? Well, I'm from Stanford. I just want to say I'm not from Greenwich. Um, 
God, don't know. I I did go to school in Greenwich, but that no. Um, but only <laughs> only for elementary and middle school because people from Greenwich are just very specific. Okay. And if you've ever met someone from Greenwich, well, you're talking to two people from Virginia. So okay. Well, I- anyone listening to this podcast who's been to Connecticut or knows people from Connecticut, Greenwich is very specific. But I think it was just like even just growing up Catholic. You know, I was Catholic until I went to college, and then. Republican for a little bit after that so it's just like the further you get away from those really like confined ways of thinking I'm still supportive of gay friends I just never thought like oh I will be in a same-sex relationship at some point in my life yeah when you say you're a Republican for a little bit after that you mean you're a Republican in college I was Republican until I was like 20 I was a registered Republican because we did it at 16 in, or 18. Oh, no, it must have been 18. And my parents like told me and I was like, okay. And then I realized in college I was registered Republican. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I didn't um, even really identify as a Republican, but I was just like, oh, that's, that's just how you had registered at 18, which makes sense. You didn't know at 18 where you yeah, felt politically. <laughs> yeah. And where did you go to college? I went to Boston College for two years and then I dropped out. Oh, right. I did know that. So in college, were you like, okay, I'm not a Republican and I don't want to be in college? I was, I was definitely still Republican freshman year. And then I would sort of like, I sort of just like, didn't want to be politically like active or really pay attention because it was just stressful, which is obviously very privileged to say, because I, you know, felt like, well, you know, I can just kind of ignore that side of like society and be fine. But then I decided sophomore year that I really didn't like school. And I was like studying to be an English teacher and I just didn't want to do that. And I thought like, I'll take a semester off and I'll maybe transfer to a school in New York because I also really didn't like Boston. But then I didn't want to do, I didn't want to go to Parsons because I like got in and I was going to do like fashion marketing or something. And then I said, no. And then that's when you started comedy. No. So I started working at an, I started working at Warby Parker when I dropped out of school and it was really small. It was like 50 employees and I was there for four years. And then I started doing comedy. What did your parents say when you were like, I'm dropping out of college? Well, I'm the youngest of six. So at that point they were kind of like, we want you to be happy. We want you to do what you want. I think at first they were a little bit worried um, about like not being able to get a job, but then I got a job pretty easily. So it just kind of like, It just wasn't like, it just wasn't a thing after a while, which was really nice. And then obviously being a comedian, you don't need a degree. So, yeah, I feel like that's a really cool edgy because you're like, (laughs) you know, from Connecticut, not Greenwich, Um, not Greenwich, Stanford. And, you know, you're a former Catholic Republican. You drop out of college. That's an edge. You know, I was so just like down to take risks. I just didn't even consider them risks. I was just like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I made up my mind and this is what I'm doing. So it was like, sometimes I think about it and I can't believe I did that at 20, just like being like, yeah, I'm just not going back to college. I'll be fine. Yeah. I feel like you have to really know yourself to do that. I guess I did at the time. And then like living in New York and I finally started going to therapy, I guess like four years ago, but definitely had a a lot of identity, not an identity crisis, but like when you're in your early twenties in a big city, you're just like, who the fuck am I going to be? I know. Cause in college, the, my first two, my first year, I was like very unhappy. Cause I went to California. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I didn't get into a sorority. I just felt like a loser, oh, but that's a blessing. Yeah. Well, I joined one sophomore year, but that's okay. another time. Uh, but I also just felt very like, I didn't want to be there, but I didn't know what else I could do. Like to me dropping out and it's not a judgment. It's just that I personally just didn't know who I was. I'm like, where the fuck am I going to go? Like if I don't go to, I I couldn't even transfer because I was like, well, then I won't know anyone when I transfer. So it was just this feeling of, yeah, you don't know where your life is going. So it's really scary to not like follow any pattern. Yeah. And I think I was like, you know, maybe I'll be because at the time I kind of wanted to be a makeup artist. And I was like, well, I'll just take a job at the startup and like see what happens. But I was really lucky because the company at that time was small and it was a lot of young people. So it felt like a college experience without having to be in Boston and like go to classes and stuff. So I feel like I really learned a lot about myself and like having a job in an office and what that lifestyle was like. And then you know, I was in a pretty serious relationship when I started doing comedy. I lived with my boyfriend and I thought we were going to get engaged soon. And like, I had this whole thing kind of planned out in my head and then comedy really derailed all that stuff in like the best way. 
Yeah. Do you still talk to him at all? Well, he is one of my brother's best friends. So yes, I do see him occasionally. And I think he's like such a great guy. Um, I have nothing bad really to say about him. He was a great boyfriend. Damn. Yeah. My brother's, I mean, he's engaged to my friend, but if it didn't work out, it definitely would have been awkward. Yeah. My, my co- boyfriend in college was also my brother's friend. So different friend. But, Sounds like you have hot brothers and they have hot friends. Yeah. That, that's kind of been my burden as a, as a person for my whole life, <laughs> just dealing with that adversity, but I, I've made it out. Okay. I think. Um, yeah. I feel really bad for you. Uh, did you go through a phase? Mm, no, I was always like, I want to just be fashionable. And like, I, I'm obsessed with clothes. I brought so many clothes to college. My roommate was like, <laughs> her parents still laugh about it to this day. How many suitcases I had. I'm just obsessed with clothes. And I always just want to look nice, crazy for a comedian to say, but like, that's how I feel. <laughs> I know you posted a photo on Twitter of Dua Lipa, who I'm obsessed with. And you're like, this is what I'm going to wear. And I was like, I respect that. I am wearing tights as pants for a show in, in a few weeks. And I am a little nervous about it, but like, it just is happening. So it's fine. The only thing I'd worry about with that is a camel toe. But like, if you, there's got to be an alt. I mean, maybe well, I'm wearing like- a long shirt with it. So like the shirt is long enough to be sort of like a dress, but like they're like fashion tights. So they have a pattern on them. It's, it's definitely pretty bold. We'll see what how it's show is this? I have to do like a, a show out in LA. That's like a virtual show. I just, Interesting. I just hate all my clothes. And I was like, I bought these tights at the beginning of quarantine. And I was like, I'll be damned if I never, ever wear them. You got to. I know. I was, I was like, what fucking show are you planning your outfit in advance? I'm always like, do I wear this? Like, it's a day. Well, I have to fly there. And also, like, they were like, no logos, no white, no stripes, which I wear white all the time and logos. So I had to really think about it. That's fair. Um, well, we only have a little bit more time, but uh, do you have a crazy bitch of the week? I'm the crazy bitch of the week. Has anyone done that before? Oh, yeah, but that's fair. No. Uh, I mean, it's um, mostly comedians on this, so it makes sense. So everyone's out of their minds. Um, yeah, I would say I am because I just am and like that it, I am who I am. What's the craziest thing you've ever done? Probably. Um, probably something crazy I did. And this is the type of crazy I am. Sophomore year or freshman year of college, I went on a retreat through the school. And my retreat leader was literally one of the hottest people I've ever seen. And he was so nice. And he was a senior and he was graduating and going to med school. And I was just like, he looked like McDreamy from Grey's Anatomy. And he was going to be a doctor. And I was like, okay, I'm just like, I'm in love with this person. Like, I'm so in love with him. I literally wrote him a love letter. And then I gave it to my friend who was staying on campus to sneak into his mod because he was a senior living in the mods, which is like a thing at BC. It's like on-campus senior housing and leave it for him. And did you ever hear back? I did. He wrote me a very nice email back, actually. It was sweet. It was very much like, like keep taking risks vibe of like, this is actually like such a nice thing for someone to do. But looking back on it, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm just crazy like that. <laughs> like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to write this person a love letter who I like knew for two days and just be like, I'm just going to put it all on the line. Yeah, that actually seems very sweet and less crazy, you know? Yeah, but it is like a crazy, I think it's conceptually, it is just not something most people would do. Yeah, but again, I didn't regret it. That feels like a confidence thing. Yeah, maybe. Or yeah, maybe you're insane. Are you the only uh, female of your siblings? Are you the only girl? Three girls, three boys. Oh, my two siblings closest in age are both boys. So I have thought before, like maybe I just kind of grew up with male confidence. Cause like I was just around boys all the time. So I just would like pick up their vibe. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know why I'm like this, but it's worked out so far. I kind of feel the same way. It was more when I was younger, but I was always like just putting things out there. I was like letting boys know that I liked them and just doing that kind of thing because I'm like, well, what do I have to lose? And it was always super embarrassing when it didn't work out, but I just yeah. never learned the lesson. Like it never clicked. Like it's going to be embarrassing again if you do it again. So I'm just like, nope, I'm going to write this note and slip it into somebody's desk and they're going to see it and they're just never going to down. Mess with it. 
And they can never unsee it. Exactly. It's like, okay, this, yeah, you're doubling down. I think more people should do that. It's just scary, especially now. Cause like not caring is like the cool thing to do, but I just don't, I don't subscribe. Yeah. I feel like I, well, and at the beginning of high school, I like fell in love with this guy who's, you know, shorter, red hair, you know, not the cutest. And for like four years, he was like, not into me but would like jerk me around and kind of just like destroyed my confidence which sounds very dumb but it, it really did ruin me I should probably write him a thank you note for getting me into stand-up at this point but right no it's not it, it it's like you just internalize that stuff it really is the things we go through like at that age and even earlier I think that like you just have this internal then dialogue that's like based off of all those experiences that's what's scary yeah I do feel like the first experience you have with a relationship will make or break you or maybe not everyone but it does have a huge impact which is I guess whatever um we do a thing every week that's called uh well we guess a fetish and um so this fetish it's it's a type of person this one it's a lunar if you're a lunar what are you into sexually how do you spell it l-o-o-n-e-r-s Maybe it's people that work at mental institutions who fall in love with the patients. Oh, that's a good guess. Like Looney Tunes. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> Sad, but I'm, see, I'm glad I put myself out there anyway. Yeah, that's a confidence. <laughs> and it, it added up. Um, it's people who, lunars are people who find balloons sexually attractive. So either Whoa. they find a way to fuck a balloon or it's watching your partner sit on a balloon and pop it. I've heard of that. That could be fun. Really? Sitting on a balloon and popping it? <laughs> Watching someone do it? I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't so. like, I would need to put earplugs in though because I don't want to hear the noise. I'm the same way. I'm like, how do you fuck a balloon? I guess you put it in a hole. Wouldn't that be just like putting on a condom? Yeah, I feel like it's- Oh, I bo- didn't know you, I didn't know you fuck the balloons. That's one of the options it said. They find creative ways to have sex with a balloon. <sighs> Unless you have like a balloon animal and then you're just- yeah a crevice yeah but that would be hard to get in because there's not any force coming from the balloon right but maybe you get a little static maybe it gets you a little zing well hey if you're a lunar and you're listening let us know what you're up to Mm -hmm. yeah I I just don't think I like a guy sitting on anything and breaking it because that would make me nervous for my own safety yeah and then like the balloon you just never know how many pieces it's going to break off into and it could be a big mess yeah that's a cleanup and we're usually in my apartment because the man I did are homeless so um so no no cleanup please I get that honestly okay and then the last thing I like to leave on is do you have one secret you don't want your mom to know honestly after being a stand-up comedian now I'm like I don't as crazy as that sounds, I really just feel like if she asked me anything, I would be honest. And she already knows so many things about me that are just a byproduct of me constantly talking about myself on stage. Does your mom ask you sexual questions about yourself? No, not usually. Like we're not, it's not like a Lorelai and Rory situation where we like tell each other everything, but I feel like she will ask me questions about like things she's heard generally speaking about like sexuality in our generation but not like about me specifically that makes sense I mean I guess that's good that you don't have secrets no I just like I'm obsessed with my mom and I feel like I also I just have like guilt still from being catholic so I'm like confess 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 that's a good way to raise your child yeah that never goes away (sighs) I mean yeah if you want to scar them forever but also I understand (laughs) I mean, with stand-up, I'm the same way with my mom, except I'm still hiding a couple tattoos just because it's easier for her. To How see. do you hide them? I don't understand. They're, like, small and in parts of my body that I can just, like, wear a sock and roll it up. Or She'll never know. Yeah, or she'll find it and she'll be like, you look like trash. And I'm like, well. It's How not many like tattoos it. do you have? Eight. Okay. Do you have any? I have none. I kind of get addicted to it for a little bit. I'll That's what I hear. Them. I hear it is really, like, like that. Well, my mom said that to me when I had three. She was like, you know, I heard Miley Cyrus got addicted to them. And I was like, okay. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just right. Now you're like, okay, Miley and I are literally the same. Yeah, I guess I'm Miley Cyrus now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you meet her, then you can tell her that story. And I'm sure she'll love it. She seems really personable, like really cool. Yeah, I, I wonder what she's actually like. Well, I hope one of us finds out one day. 
Yeah. Well, you're going to LA in a couple of weeks. Hit her up. I'll just shoot her a quick text. Hey, <laughs> what are you up to? For real. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Um, thank you for having me. I'm so glad we chatted. And I feel like, you know, this is the longest conversation we've ever had. So this is huge. I know. Next time I see you, I'm going to come up. We're hugging. <laughs> Wait, that one time I did your show, you and Brian Park show. Remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was like the most stressed I've ever been. And that was over a boy. I like forgot my joke because I was like, I'm so sure the guy that I'm supposed to meet up with after this is going to cancel on me. Do you remember that? Yeah. Did he cancel on you? No, but I wish he had. <laughs> yeah. I remember being like, who's this guy she's going out with? I thought you were going out with like... If you knew, you would die. I can tell you after if you want. Okay, yeah. Should I stop the recording? Wait, oh wait, first, do you want to plug anything, anything you're working on? I saw you have a new podcast with Benny. Yes. Um, If you want to hear more of my vocal fry, you can listen to Obsessed. It's a Spotify original podcast I co-host with my good friend, Benito Skinner. Or you can follow me on social media at Mary Beth Barone on all platforms, including Peloton, which if you want to see what I'm doing, follow me on there. That's a huge drop. Mm-hmm.